A quick reminder, the hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said on the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. This is David Lee here with Matt Walters and Mike Frost, along with our producer, Natalie Wilson, and uh, we want to welcome you to today's podcast. Matt, how are you doing this morning? Excellent. Excited to be, excited to be here with you guys and talk about this topic today. And Mike? Hi, David. Thanks for yeah, being here. I am absolutely tickled to death to talk about HSAs, health savings accounts. It's going to be a great topic today. I'm excited about it. And Natalie, again, thank you for being here. Always appreciate you uh, making us sound good on the podcast. All right. Um, so first of all, I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. I hope everybody uh, is going to be able to get together with your families and loved ones to enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday. We all realize this year's a little bit different. We talked about COVID and all the all things COVID last week, and that's obviously going to impact some families' Thanksgivings. But we hope you're able to take some time to um, be still for a few minutes and gather with loved ones and reflect on the year. Even though it's been a tough year, we all have a lot to be thankful for. All right, so having said that, let's get into our topic of the day. Mike, you mentioned it. We're going to be talking about HSAs today. And Mike, you're our resident expert on HSAs. So let's just start with uh, what is an HSA? What does HSA stand for and what is it? Well, it's a perfect topic for this time of year, David, since we're here at open enrollment for most folks with their health plans. And if you have a health plan that offers a health savings account, so a health savings account goes in tandem with a high deductible health plan. Now, just because your health plan has a high deductible does not make it HSA available. It will tell you specifically if it is eligible for a health savings account. So that's number one. And a health savings account is different than an FSA. FSA is a flexible spending account. The difference in the two is an FSA has to be spent within, I think it's 15 months. An HSA you can have for your lifetime. Big difference. So high deductible health plan in conjunction with a health savings account has triple tax benefits, David. Triple tax benefits. What do you mean by that? What do you you mean by triple tax benefits? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) So on a health savings account, the money you deposit is tax deferred much like a 401k or an IRA. You don't pay the tax on the money going in. Meaning you, just to clarify, you mean you you put the money in and you get to deduct it from your income at the time you file taxes. That's correct if you do a a separate one, but if you do it through payroll deduction, they will do it pre-tax. So now you put money in before any taxes are on it. The money grows, if you leave it in the HSA, it grows tax-free. You don't pay tax on it as it grows, very much like your 401k or IRA. But the triple tax benefit comes when you take the money out and you spend it on eligible medical expenses, you pay no tax. So in essence, it's a 401k IRA going in, no tax paid, 
and it's like a Roth IRA coming out, no tax paid coming out, as long as you spend it on eligible medical expenses. Triple tax benefit, nothing else like it available. So let's talk about, you mentioned that for to have an HSA, it has to be a high deductible plan. Uh, define what qualifies as a high deductible plan, Mike. Great question, David. So at the healthcare.gov, if you went there and looked for the definition for it, it would say a high deductible health plan in 2020 would be at least a $1,400 deductible per individual or $2,800 for family. Now, still, even if your deductible is higher than that and it's not deemed a high deductible health plan, HSA eligible, then you can't do an HSA. You got to look at the plan and make sure it says it is health savings account eligible. So what about, um, are there, are there limits or maximums on total yearly out-of-pocket expenses? There are, and that's a great question because this is where an HSA, high deductible health plan, really benefits certain individuals. So you have a, a minimum deductible, all right? So that means that's what you got to pay before the insurance company kicks in. But then they have a maximum out of pocket. So for an individual, that's 6,900. For a family, it's 13,800. So where does this make sense? So Matt's here. Matt's young guy, got a family, three kids. And if they're all healthy, all right, then he knows the first $2,800 is coming out of his pocket. But if his children get real sick and they stay sick, then he knows the most he's ever going to pay is 13000 for the year. So it's really good for families that are really healthy, that you don't spend a lot, or really, really sick. Because once you hit that top end, max out of pocket, it pays 100%. There's no 80-20 at that point. So really healthy individuals or families or really sick families benefit from a high deductible health plan with an HSA. And what about those that are kind of in between? They would be better off using a traditional health plan. And what? And because why uh, they would be in what they call the donut hole. They're going to use up their deductible, but they're never, most likely not going to get to the total out of pocket. So they're right in that in between where they would probably been better off if they just used a traditional health plan, an 80-20 with a lower deductible. Do you think the benefits of, of maybe a little bit out of less out of pocket year to year offset, not having access to an HSA long-term. Great question, Matt, uh, where the benefit, if, if you're doing to do the HSA and where the most benefit comes is if you can leave the HSA account alone, don't spend money out of it. Again, the triple tax benefit, no tax going in gross tax free. You pull it out tax free. Well, that growth tax free is where the benefit is. So if you can contribute to your HSA, and spend any deductibles out of pocket, let that HSA alone, let it grow. Think of your garden. If you just plant a garden this week and you pick it next week, it's not going to have a chance to grow. Leave it in there. Let it grow throughout your lifetime. It becomes essentially another retirement plan that you can use to spend on eligible medical expenses in retirement. And that's when a lot of your expenses come. So that's where the best use of it is. For people that are going to put money into an HSA account and turn around and spend it the next year, it may not be the best thing for you. may not be, depending on how much you're going to spend each year. I guess that's when you could look at an FSA if you had that available. If you're going to spend it the next year. I know, quick story, me and Haley back uh, several years ago had an F FSA that we were coming up on that point where it was kind of the user lose it time we had 
four or five hundred dollars in this account. And so we went out and what's eligible, you know, you can buy some common medical things. We are still to this day using band-aids that we bought like six years ago because we bought like $300 worth of band-aids. Because you had to use it. Because we had to use it because it yeah. was going to be four or $500 that was sitting in yeah. this account that literally was going to disappear yeah. if we didn't spend it. Yeah. So that's that's an example of, you know, the FSA the can, between. can be valuable, but... It's pretty limited in terms of the long-term value that it's bringing. And so let's make sure we get our letters right. Matt's talk about an FSA, flexible right. spending account. Right. You put money in, tax-deferred, a monthly paycheck, but then you have a time limit to take that out. It's usually by March of the following year. And, and, and so like this year, uh, people put money in these FSAs to spend for child care, like Natalie has a small son. Well, if schools are closed and child care is closed, you put that money in there now you're really having a hard time spending it. Right. And the rule says if you don't spend it by, I think it's March, then you lose it. And guess who gets that money, by the way? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. The employer. The employer gets all that money. They get to keep it with an FSA. If you don't spend it, they get to keep it. So, Matt, you had a question I think that you were going to ask about how much could you contribute in a year. You're going to ask that, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. I'm glad you asked because I have the answer. So, on an individual plan, if you're under 50, in 2021, you can contribute $3,600. That's $3,600 tax deferred that you can do in 2021. A family plan, if you're under, I said 50, it's 55. If you're under 55, it's $7,200. So if you're a high income individual and you're looking for a way to put some tax money, put money away, tax deferred, HSA is a great opportunity, great opportunity. And we just found out here at Mach 1, we're creating our own health plan, and we have an HSA. Since we started now in November, we can do the full year's contribution this year and turn around and do the full year contribution in January as well. So that you just gave the 2021 numbers. 2020 numbers, so if someone's enrolling in a new plan, just like you said, we are here and you're contributing for 2020, are those numbers the same? No, they're different. It's 3,500 and Okay. And then if you're 55 or older, you add $1,000 to those numbers. Okay. So uh, again, to summarize what we've talked about to this point, the HSA, the health savings account, you get to put the, those maximums that you just talked about there, Mike, you get to put that in, you get to deduct it from your taxable income. It grows tax deferred. You can take it out tax free as long as you're using it to reimburse yourself for medical expenses. Correct. You are 100% correct, David. And like you said, I love your analogy earlier about if you plant a garden and you pick it the next day, it's not going to really grow much. That's the key difference between the FSA, the flexible spending account that Matt was just talking about and the HSA, the health savings account that you've been talking about, Mike that with the HSA, you don't have a time period in which you have to use it, but help people help us understand if you've, if I, uh, I've got, let's say I put 7,000 bucks in my HSA, um, one myself or one of my family members goes to the doctor this next year, we've got $3,000 in, in expenses. Well, if I don't take it out, is, is it not just, I mean, what good is that HSA money doing me in there? If I'm not, if I'm just paying paying for it out of my own pocket, and I'm just leaving that HSA money in the HSA? Great question, David. So in that scenario, you got $3,000 bill. Somebody broke a leg, had surgery or whatever. Okay. If you take that seven, take it from the 7,000, now you 
It's tax-free. You pull it out, so you don't pay any taxes on that. But you've lost the opportunity for that 7000 to grow over your lifetime. If you can, and this is a big if, if you can, if you can pay for your deductibles out of pocket and leave the HSA alone, that is where this thing really works. Some people can't do that. They put the money in there. They need to go and access it to pay for the medical bills. But if you can pay that medical bill out of pocket, leave the HSA alone to grow tax-free for your working lifetime, that's where the beauty of this program comes through. So I can go back and pull that money out anytime. Let's say I have a future expense. Let's say I'm now uh, in my 50s and I have a heart attack. Um and I've let all this money grow, grow and accumulate through the years of my HSA, I can still go back in there and take that money out tax-free? Once you have it in an HSA, it's still yours. You can pull it out for any eligible medical expense in the future. But here's something even better, David. Let's say that uh, your daughter breaks her leg, she has surgery, and it costs 3000 and you've put in your 7200 for the year, and you pay that $3,000 doctor bill out of pocket. Okay, So you left your 7200 alone. And now you're in retirement, you're 65, and you never were reimbursed for that $3,000 hospital bill. Well, at age 65, whatever age you are retired, you can then claim that $3,000 in your HSA. Now your HSA has grown to $70,000, and you can get reimbursed for that $3,000 tax-free. As long as I still have, I have to have the receipts or something. You have to, to have the that. receipts and you have to prove it was unreimbursed. Got it. So there's no time limit. So the advantage of that is you've let the money grow for a long period of time. And now you take that expense and you get reimbursed for it tax free. What if I've got all this money in the HSA and I die without having reimbursed myself for medical expenses? Can it, can my wife get that? So, David, in that situation, in your situation, let's use those same numbers, you've got $70,000 there, and you come to an untimely death. Well, if you, we list beneficiaries on HSA just like we do any other account. So if you listed your wife, then she would get it. She could use it for an HSA for those eligible medical expenses and use it tax-free just like you would. However, if she's already predeceased you and the contingent beneficiaries are your children, it becomes a taxable event upon your death and they will have to pay tax on the growth. Okay. So they won't be able to use it tax-free like your spouse would. Great question. So David and Matt, what most people do, most people do, like we said earlier, they put money in there and they take it out for medical expenses. Most HSA plans will keep the first thousand dollars in cash. So we take David's example. He puts in $7,200. The first thousand most likely will be held in cash to do those transactions if, if you're going to be pulling money out. Then the other $6,000 plus you can invest. And in most HSA's account, you get to pick the investments. Uh, there's the one that I personally use is Fidelity uh, because they're ranked the best one to use for HSA's. So they give you options to invest. Uh, you keep $1,000 in cash and the rest of it you can invest over a long period of time. And you can change those whenever you'd like. So that's how the accounts work. Okay. So we want to put a bow on this and wrap up HSAs. Yeah. So let's, uh, to your point, Mike, let's go ahead and recap what we've talked about here today. So HSAs have triple tax benefits. 
That's the key phrase to remember here. Triple tax benefits, meaning when you put the money in, you get to deduct it from your taxable income. It grows tax deferred. You get to take it out tax free as long as you're using it for medical expenses, unreimbursed medical expenses. The uh, great thing about an HSA compared to a flexible spending account is there's no time limit on which you when you have to pull those funds out as long as you can prove that it was un, an unreimbursed medical expense, you get to take it out tax-free. You have to have a high deductible plan in order to be eligible to participate in an HSA. And it's best used, HSAs are best used for either really healthy families or individuals or really sick families or individuals because once you once you hit that max out of pocket, then 100% of medical expenses are paid by the plan. All right, and then remember the finally, it can be used, the HSA can be used as another tax-favored retirement account specifically for medical expenses. So think of it like a Roth IRA for medical expenses. So hugely beneficial if you haven't looked into an HSA, if you have the opportunity to look at one and you feel like you meet the qual uh, the criteria for where it makes sense, we would encourage you to talk to um, a financial advisor before making a decision as well as your tax advisor, but something that you might want to consider depending on your situation. As a reminder, we always welcome questions uh, for our podcast. You can submit questions on our website under the podcast section, or you can email us at podcast at mock dash one financial.com. We'll try to answer two or three at the end of each podcast. And, and again, we welcome your questions as always. Thank you, Natalie, for producing the show. You always do a great job of making us sound great. Um, and we appreciate all the behind the scenes work that you put in to, to do all the editing so that we do sound good. Mike, you want to wrap us up with the thought of the day? Sure do David. Those who plan do better than those who do not plan, even though they rarely stick to their plan. All right, that's it for today. We appreciate you listening to the podcast and we look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Happy Thanksgiving. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mach-1financial.com disclosures.